This podcast includes adult themes and discussion. We know it's why you're here. Listening discretion is advised. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Welcome back to Hissin' and Kissin', the podcast for monster fuckers and those who Ooh. love them. <laughs> yes, it was a dark and stormy night, Ooh. at least in Sarah's case. It is. We're getting like an evening storm here in Florida, so um, it's very spooky, but I feel like you have like gorgeous weather in Canada. <laughs> yeah, meanwhile in Vancouver, it's a lovely sunny day. <laughs> Wonderful. Love that for you. <laughs> <laughs> Not in keeping with the vibe. Yeah, I've got like a candle lit. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so what have you been up to? I feel like we have our like check in. Uh, what What have I been up to? I I've been working vigorously. I mean, non work related. I've been vigorously writing a Akatar fan fiction. I love that. I love it. Fantastic. Yeah, um, and um, I've been uh, binge-watching Foundation. What is that? you know that? Oh, it's, it's good. I, ha- I haven't really heard of it, but then on, on the, my TikTok for you page, I kept seeing these, like, thirsty videos of Lee Pace looking oh. so fucking fine, um, and it turns out it's from this show, Foundation. It's like a sci-fi show on Apple TV, and it's actually incredible i mean i'm 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 very impressed it's a little confusing it's very theoretical and like mm-hmm. uh predestination blah, blah blah but um highly recommend yeah okay yeah what about you um i just got back from dragon con yeah you did uh which was so much fun i i think i had the biggest shoot of at least this con with Barbie. I did the Barbie shoot, which is, like, great. It's, like, a, a brunette fat Barbie ran the Barbie shoot, which I love for me. Um, and it was it was great, and it was so positive. I had a, a great time, and I met a ton of people that were into monster fucking at Dragon Con and handed out a ton of cards. Um, I had a ribbon that said, um, if you can't fuck them, cosplay them. Yep. And people were like, yes, yes, yes. And I was like, oh, if you like this, maybe you'll also like this monster fucking podcast. <laughs> so if you're new from Dragon Con, welcome. <laughs> I'm just thinking of you in your Earthwell cosplay and how relevant that ribbon was in that cosplay. Oh, my God. And, and then <laughs> my fiance had a card, a ribbon that said, um... Data cosplayer, they said. It'll be fun, they said. Which was really... And we mean that with, like, all the love, because my fiancé is, like, very supportive. Um, but the the partners of cosplayers were, like, eating that ribbon up. They were like, this is great. <laughs> so shout out to supportive partners. We love you. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it was a good time. And we're going to get you there next year. And hopefully... I will be there. You're going to see probably too much of me, let's be honest. I hope so. It is Dragon Con is just a it's a, it's an unhinged party for 5 days and it runs from Thursday to Monday, but we've already extended our hotel to th- Tuesday night to Tuesday morning. Like we're going for a whole week now. Wow. 
I'm uh, already thinking like Doctor Evil bunny suit. Oh, absolutely! It li- literally anything goes. Like if you can think about yeah. it in pop culture, it goes at Dragon Con, and that's <laughs> that is why I love Dragon Con so much. It's just the best. <laughs> um, I love it. So, uh, what are we talking about this week? Oh, we are talking about ow. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't go through with it. I was going to howl, like, properly howl. Anyways, werewolves. We're talking werewolves. Okay, let me see if I can do it. Ready? Oh! Uh, Isn't that bad? Oh! Oh! (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we're talking werewolves. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Werewolves. And um, there are many forms. And let's also, I think we're going to add, like, shifters a little bit to this mix as well. Um, we're going to touch on shifters a little bit. Um, and I think we're also going to kind of get into like wolves and not just werewolves. Like there's a little bit of that blurred line there. Yeah. there, Yeah. there. Yeah. Um, so let me talk a little bit about the history because I, I've never really looked this up and this was fascinating to me. Like I went really I feel like I like did, did a deep dive the um, notes go on for like two pa- no like almost two pages I'm so sorry but I feel like no. it's interesting <laughs> it is that was I was I learned a lot <laughs> me too <laughs> okay so we're talking about werewolves um which are occasionally called uh lycanthropy which is um an individual in folklore who can shapeshift into a wolf or a wolf hybrid creature um, it's usually on purpose, um, after a curse or affliction, a bite or scratch, and we'll get to that a little bit later, and it's usually involving the full moon. So the earliest source that we have for werewolves came from around 27 to 66 AD, which is crazy early. Um, and then the next instance is around, um, 1150. So really, this is like very early when we start seeing werewolves. And it's primarily based in Europe. It's a European culture. And it really developed in the medieval period. Um, And then once this kind of folklore developed, it moved to the New World with colonialism and developed parallel to witches and witchcraft, which I found really interesting. And as the hysteria of witches sort of rose in the late Middle Ages and early modern period, so did werewolves. So they're kind of tied together, which I didn't really realize before. Um, We have trials of werewolves in uh, what was now Switzerland in the early 15th century, which spread throughout Europe in the 16th, peaking in the 17th, and really kind of tapering off by the 18th. Um, And werewolves went hand-in-hand with wolf charming, and it gained popularity with the trial of Peter Stump. I'm hoping I'm saying this right. He's also known as um, Peter Stube. I think if I'm saying this correct. Um, and this case was wild. Did you read this, Jess? Because I was, like, shook by the whole thing. No, I wanted to hear it from you. Okay. <laughs> so Peter was a German farmer and allegedly a serial killer. And he was accused of werewolfery, witchcraft, and cannibalism. <laughs> and he was... Werewolfery? 
Yeah. I love that. This I love is, that. He went on trial for this, and the trial was wild. So they tortured him on the rack, like on the stretching rack, and he confessed like pretty early on. And this is what he confessed, like after being tortured. Just a, I say just a little bit because they tortured him so much more. So, he confessed of practicing black magic since he was 12. He claimed the devil gave him a magic belt, and the belt turned him into a wolf, the likeness of a greedy, devouring wolf, strong and mighty, with great uh, and large eyes that sparkled like fire, a great and wide mouth with sharp and cruel teeth, this huge body and mighty paws. Sounds like a really good Tinder profile. It's the best. And he also claimed to have a succubus lover. So I can just see it like a Tinder profile, like looking for succubus lover. Wow. (laughs) Can't change during the full moon. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Um, So allegedly he was an insatiable bloodsucker who ate goats, lambs, sheep, and people. He confessed to killing and eating 14 children that he called dainty morsels. Whoa. And his son was one of the 14 that he ate, and he claimed he turned into a wolf and devoured him. And this was, like, the thing that sort of, like, (laughs) pun intended, put its claws into popular culture with werewolves. Like, people had never heard of anything like this, like... This really, like, started the sort of werewolf, um, I don't want to say, like, hysteria, but, like, uh, popular knowledge of werewolves. Um, But we do have them through all cultures and time periods. Um, We have them in the European and British Isles. Um, There were werewolves in medieval law codes, like, rules about werewolves. Um, We see them in Bulgaria, Germany, France, um, the Scandinavian Viking Age. They're tied closely to pagan traditions. Um, They are tied closely to berserkers. They're very similar to them, um, but dressed in wolf hides, resistant to pain, um, really can only be killed in battle. And they're closely associated with the Norse god Odin in Scandinavian culture. Um, And there were also Slavic werewolf tales. And a lot of this, when we look back on it, sort of from a like a non-fictional uh, perspective, or maybe like a non-folklore perspective, we can see a tie to actual wolf attacks at the time, and people are trying mm-hmm. to explain, you know, the reason that not a dingo took their baby, but maybe a wolf, you know. <laughs> um, a dingo took their baby. I tried to an Australian accent. I'm so sorry. No, it was, it was wonderful. I loved it. Um, <laughs> So there's a few ones that are a little bit different. We have um, the a Turkish Central Asian shaman um, that would uh, allegedly perform these long rituals that would turn them into this wolf man. And then we also ha- see a little bit of like wolf folklore and mythology in the Navajo culture as well as the Mesoamerican folk religion. But the difference that we have with these are that they're a little bit more respected than fear. And when we look at something like the Navajo culture, we can see the Norse influence for when they were um, migrating across and doing um, the colonizing bad things. (laughs) So we see a little bit of that influence as well. But we also see that it had more of a respect than a fear like the European original culture has. 
Um, so we've got this like really strong background of werewolves in the culture of the world. You like the whole culture, not just Europe, but sort of everything. And so, I feel like, um, just to add, like in, in Western culture specifically, I mean, I don't know about you, but for me, I grew up with the story of Little Red Riding Hood and the big bad wolf. Absolutely. Right? He's not technically a werewolf, but like he can talk, right? And he's like mischievous and bad and try and he eats the grandma. Big bad wolf. It's like it's it's part it's part of our Western culture as well. Absolutely. And it teaches you to like really investigate a situation. Don't just yeah. trust the like initial thing that you see. Like make sure you're safe, you know, which I think all folklore has that kind of, um, kind of lesson to it, you know, but especially yeah. Red Riding Hood, like, is it your grandma? You sure? You definitely <laughs> sure it's your grandma. <laughs> um, so, so before we get into like popular culture, like historically, there were different ways to become a werewolf, which I think is a, a lot of uh, a, a lot different than what we see in like popular culture now, so, which some of them are hilarious, I think. So you could take off your clothes and put on a belt, uh, and then you become a werewolf. You could drink the rainwater out of the footprint of a wolf. You could drink a specific beer and repeat a set formula in Sweden. Um, in Russia, you just say some words, werewolf, no problem. Um, in Italy, France, and Germany, you would sleep outside on a Wednesday or Friday in summer under a full moon. I'm going to try that one. I'll yeah, I've it. done that one, and I seem to be human, so unsure. <laughs> you could have a satanic allegiance. Uh, you could be cursed into it. Um, in uh, Armenian culture, you are condemned to spend seven years as a wolf by a wolf-skin-toting spirit. Um, and then, of course, we have, like, bitten or scratched, but that wasn't as yeah. common as you would think, like, in historical kind of folklore. Um, right. Those are the most um, common ones now. Right. But okay. not so much in the past, which I think is really interesting. And then <laughs> we have remedies, which I thought was hilarious. So <laughs> ways to not become a werewolf historically in folklore. Um, exhaustion. Medicinally, Wolfsbane, which we see, which would have killed you. Uh, operated on surgically, you would be dead. Exorcism, it would also kill you. Uh, you could address the werewolf three times by its Christian name, which is so funny. Or my favorite one, you could scold it just like bad dog and then it wouldn't be a werewolf anymore which is so you funny know, to me uh you can scold me anytime just think about just think about if that was true and like twilight and like bella looked at jacob and was like bad dog and then it was like you know what you're right and then it was a human again and then it was done um <laughs> i just i love the idea of that um and then you convert to Christianity, which we're seeing a lot of these like Christianity forms, I think, in any yeah. of the monster things that we're we're looking at. Um, yeah. Or when we get to German folklore, we have silver weapons and bullets, um, right. which came around roughly in the 19th century, which is very, um, you know, typical of werewolves. Silver, kill them. Silver bullets. Yeah, you um, I remember that being very particular in some of the like 
the Van Helsing movie, for example. Mm-hmm. So, so I know that we're going to jump into tropes after this like, little history bit. Yeah. But before we jump into it, I just wanted to talk about the term alpha. And Let's talk about the term alpha. Okay. Before we talk about alpha, a little asterisk. We yeah. are going to cover ABO in a different episode. So if you're sitting here being like, are they going to talk about it? No. No, we the are- Megaverse is going to happen. It's going to have its own episode. Which it deserves its own episode. Um, but we will be talking about some other associated traits. And before we talk about that, I just wanted to, to talk a little bit just for a segment about the term alpha, which you see so much, especially in werewolf fiction and werewolf media, anything in the modern day. Um, that was all started in 1947 when Rudolph, I want to say Schenkel, wrote a paper titled Expression Studies on Wolves. And they said in that study, it gave rise to this now outdated notion of alpha wolves. And the concept was based on the old idea that wolves fight within a pack to gain dominance and that the winner is the alpha wolf, air quotes. This is so outdated. But the fact that it is so ingrained in popular culture, I don't think I have ever read a book about wolves or werewolves or anything like that that doesn't talk about an alpha wolf. Even if it doesn't talk about beta, whatever, omega, anything else, it talks about alphas. And I think it's so funny that this one guy wrote this one paper that is so now ingrained in culture, which is totally bullshit. (laughs) A hundred percent. Wasn't there even like an animated movie about wolves? The characters' names were literally. Yes, there was. <laughs> there was, and it's it's total bullshit, which is so funny to me because it it is like so ingrained in culture. I think the majority of people don't know that's not a thing. Mm, I didn't. Well, I can tell you. That. Well, now you do. The oh. more you know. Okay. <laughs> um all right just take it away let's uh let's talk about let's talk about the thing that everybody is wondering if we're going to talk about uh well okay <laughs> uh, so so i have to have a beverage you know in order to talk about this <laughs> i i realized it was a topic we definitely needed to cover so let's just get, you know, let's just let's just bring it all out. Yeah. Let's um let's cover uh, uh nodding. Mm. Nodding. Nodding. Now, are we I'm, are we I'm talking not... like macrame? Are we making like plant holders with knots? Uh, no, I am not talking about the action or craft of tying knots in yarn or string to make carpets or other decorative items. <laughs> no, no, no. No, 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 no. I am talking about the um, sexual act um, with uh, what is described as... Where's the word? Where's the word? Can, can, candid? No. Um, where's the word? It's like a wolf. I found my notes here. With oh, uh, like a dog, wolf, like family uh, creature. Are you looking it up? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought I had it. And and uh, yes. So 
I think it's called Candid. It's, I think it's can, yeah, can, Candid. Here it is. So it's spelled C A N I D, and it's basically like a dog wolf family in the animal kingdom. Um, and so basically, those animals have uh, <laughs> okay. They have a reproductive organ mm-hmm. called a bulbous glandus, and it's at the base of the penis, and it's known as the knot. Mm-hmm. And so basically what happens is when the creature is aroused, the knot swells, so it becomes like a, a little, it becomes like a little bulbous thing, hence the bulbous glandus. And um, what happens is when uh, before they come, the <laughs> you with me here? Are you with me here? I'm so with you. Before they come, the bulbous glandus goes inside the hole, whichever hole it's fucking, and the purpose is so that when it comes. It like forces the cum to stay inside of the creature it's fucking, and the act of like that that the bulbous glandus or the knot going inside the hole, usually at the point of completion, is hot and heavy for the werewolf monster fucker. And, and the point is, this is very much a breeding kink. It's very much a breeding kink. Very yeah. much. Which is very, very prevalent in the werewolf uh, things that we're going to talk about today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then there's like a whole um, aftermath. Mm-hmm. It's called, quote unquote, unlocking. <laughs> And basically, because the bulbous, whatever, the knot swells inside the hole, and it's difficult to pull it back out. So there's a point at which there's like a forceful tug out, and then all the cum spills everywhere. Or you have to wait for the (laughs) the knot to go down, Mm -hmm. and basically the two creatures are joined together for... Like half an hour. Sometimes. Um, yeah, I mean, usually shorter in fiction. But, anyways, so that is nodding. Yeah. You know. Um, and and I think uh, in a lot of what we talk about, we're, we're that's gonna come up. It's gonna come up. Um, mm. and it's definitely a werewolf genre especially when we're talking about smutty books um and in monster fucking in general i think absolutely there's a lot of knots involved there's a lot of um breeding kink and knotting involved so yeah and that brings me to my next point excellent let's talk about werewolf trope yes so in werewolf content i, I got that is those are the bigger ones so Mm -hmm. breeding breeding is a big one uh very much a big one um but there's also i mean (laughs) i put down my notes this is just the elephant in the room um uh, bestiality there is definitely an an element of bestiality and i and i don't think Uh uh 
in in like an unhealthy way, but it's definitely there. You know, it's definitely at least adjacent to that, if anything. Well, I was thinking about this a lot, and like, I guess that in terms of like um, werewolf musk, that makes it okay because it's not a it's not a actual wolf. Right, it's a human that's been afflicted. Mm-hmm. Right. So it, even though it's technically bestiality, it's still a wolf, or it's still a human who is underneath all the fur and knot and claws and teeth. Right? Right, absolutely. Um, right? So it, it's, um, it's almost like a path mm-hmm. for, for bestiality. And, um, and also to yeah. note, like, a lot of the the things in monster fucking are kind of taboo things in modern culture. And I think, um, you know, putting them with monsters, it, it's a way to make them okay. It's a, it, everything is a fantasy and fantasy is fine. You know, like fantasy is yeah. good and it's okay. And like, uh, everything is fine there because it's not real. It's fantasy, and that's why this is like a fantasy safe space. Just just because exactly. we're talking about this taboo thing, you know? Yes. And yes, do not condone in the real world, no. in a fantasy text or movie or what have you setting, fake, it's fine. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Now that that's out of the way, <laughs> yes. Okay. Again, so, um, there's a big thing about mates. Mm-hmm. Mates, life partners, faded mates, imprinting, if you will. Let's play. Mm-hmm. Um, mates, very big thing. Very, very big thing. Um, there's also the whole kind of like id, ego, kind of Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde dynamic where the person is struggling between their human self, their normal self, and yeah. then base animalistic desires when they like turn it's the full moon. Yeah. So that is big. Again, like, yeah. Primal desire. Yes. Yeah, I, I wrote that. <laughs> I wrote that in there because I feel like werewolves are this like very like primal thing, like, yeah. like sexual primal, like, I, I, I literally wrote rar because that's what I feel like. Yeah. Very sexy in that, like, uh, like, Almost like the the monster fucking version of like take me, you know what I mean? Like, oh, yes. like a romance novel kind of version of that. Oh yes, a werewolf is a bodice ripper for sure. Yes, bodice ripper, oh, bodice oh. biter, tear it mm-hmm. off. Mm-hmm. And then they'll not you. Um, hey. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, doggy style, obviously. I mean, it, it goes with the territory, but yeah. I, I put it. You would think it's, like, too obvious to put on this list, but I wanted to specifically put it... I'm going to get back to this point in another section that we talk about, but mm-hmm. doggy style specifically. Like, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll bring it back up, but, again, doggy style. Yeah. Um, protectiveness, loyalty, again, that's, like, a big part of it. Um, again, to do with kind of, like, I guess, like, the canine portion of things. Man's You're best friend. Loyal. Yeah. Fiercely loyal, you'll protect them to your own detriment. Um, self-loathing, I mean, the self-loathing goes with the um, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde portion of things. 
um, hierarchies. That's where we'll eventually get into the uh, Omegaverse. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And of course, vampires versus the werewolves. Of course. We That's my favorite. That is my favorite. Mm-hmm. I like a good death mask. And I have yet to read or see a piece of fiction where somebody gets tag teamed by both. Ooh. And if you know, if you listening at home right now know of one, link me, please. Link me. And Twilight fan fiction does not count. No, I refuse. I'm saying that right now. I'm sorry, guys. It doesn't count. (laughs) No. No. Um... Okay, yeah, so those are, kind of, those are kind of like the main ones. Um, before we get into um, our, like, movie and book recs, or picks, I should say, let's talk a little bit about some of the stuff that we consumed. For, oh, yeah. Like, ahead of this episode, like, on purpose. On purpose, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So not ones that we've already just, we just watched. Or, right. Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? Um, why don't you, why don't you go? Okay. Um, so I had like five people scream at me to watch Ginger Snaps. So I did. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so, um, it was a movie from the two, from 2000. Um, so when this came out, just to give you guys like, I, I would have been right about the age of the character. So it's been... Mm. 23 years I'm a little bit older now so I'm looking through it through a different lens you know but like the rundown is two morbid teenage sisters who relationship whose relationship is tested when Ginger who has started her period for the first time is attacked and bitten by an unknown animal and then later during the next full moon slowly starts to transform into a werewolf um it was interesting. It was a little bit long for my liking. It was about two okay. hours. Some oh. of the, like, um, werewolf fighting stuff went on too long. But, like, at the base of it, great. Like, the becoming a girl, becoming a werewolf stuff was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that the um, lycanthropy was transferred to people was fun. And... Um, I really liked it. I I think it holds up 23 years later because I watched it my with my fiance who's a little bit older than me and he and I said this was made in 2000 and he went what? So it holds up really well. If you if you yeah. think about it being in the year 2000 you're like this is an amazing movie for the time. It's it's almost like a little bit dated now, but it's wonderful and it's Canadian and we love Canadians on this podcast. Yeah, we um, <laughs> so I think it's really good. I understand why so many people yelled at me to watch it. Um, it's definitely like a a, um, a girly movie um, for sure. Like I think uh, uh, women or women identifying are going to really resonate with it a lot more than men are. Mm. So. Um, so, uh, just just to interrupt your, like, trail of um, things you consumed, um, I tried to watch a movie um, only to realize that it's actually, like, currently coming out. Like, it's oh. currently, like, um, 
being released in theaters for a limited viewing. What is and it? It, it seems, it's called My Animal. Oh. And it seems to be kind of similar to Ginger Snaps in that it's like a coming of age werewolf story. Okay. Um, and basically the, the premise is, um, I'll just read it word for word. Uh, Heather is an outcast teenager goalie. She falls for a newcomer, Johnny, which is a uh, woman, by the way, an alluring but tormented figure skater. As their relationship deepens, Heather's growing desires clash with her darkest secret, forcing her to control the animal within. So I just I just wanted to make the comparison of the coming of age story. Um, I think that's really interesting. I love that, and and I think I think if if they now there's two sequels to this movie that have the same actresses in it, which I'm not exactly sure how. One of them is evidently like a prequel from like the 1800s or something, which is wild. Um, but it is a very straight movie, um, which I think the one that you just referenced is a queer, uh, a queer romance, which we love to see. And I think seeing something like Ginger Snaps underneath a queer lens would be amazing. Um, but for the time, I think it's great. Um, I also watched some um, less great ones. <laughs> so I watched um, Cursed, which is from 2005. Um, I wrote this. I said, this film has everything, like Stefan. Um, it was directed by Wes Anderson. Just a small note. I realize I said Wes Anderson here instead of Wes Craven. And I realize that is a cardinal sin especially when talking about spooky things. My apologies, I'm just a really big Wes Anderson fan as well. Anyway, back to the podcast. But also, how great would it have been if Wes Anderson did, in fact, direct this? Think about it. Okay, bye. It was directed by Wes Anderson, and it was written by Kevin Williamson, which wrote Dawson's Creek. And if you know anything about my personality, um, I went to college in Wilmington, North Carolina, which is where Dawson's Creek and One Tree Hill was filmed, along with, like, so many other team dramas, like A Walk to Remember, and um, just, like, a hundred more. So I'm very into, like, Kevin Williamson stuff, just for the nostalgia. So... So it had Christina Ricci, Joshua Jackson, Jesse Eisenberg, Judy Greer, Scott Bayo, so randomly, Milo, Milo, I can't even say his last name, Ventimiglia. Yeah, that one. Shannon Elizabeth, and then Maya, the singer? Um, (laughs) Exactly. And (laughs) it was wild. It was uh, very much written for, like, teenagers and like early college kids um it's not good i loved it (laughs) um there's a couple little twists in it but i thought it was great um we also tried to watch blood and chocolate which is i understand that the movie is bad which it was uh and the book is much better i did not have time to read the book i'm so sorry to anybody that's like a diehard blood and chocolate fan i will try to read it because i've heard the book is very good and then one like 
little plug, which is not really smutty, but I want to plug it because it's one of my favorite all-time book series, is the Shiver uh, Wolves of Mercy Falls book series. It's by Maggie Stiefvater. Um, Here's a little synopsis of the first book. Um, For years, Grace has watched the wolves in the woods behind her house. When Yellow-Eyed Wolf, her wolf, is a chilling presence she can't seem to live without, Meanwhile, Sam has lived two lives in winter, the frozen woods, the protection of the pack, the silent company of a fearless girl, and summer, a few precious months of being human, until the cold makes him shift back again. Now Grace meets a yellow-eyed boy whose familiarity takes her breath away. It's her wolf, it has to be, but as winter nears, Sam must fight to stay human or risk losing himself and Grace forever. So it is a four-book series. And I'm really going to push it because, number one, it's incredibly good. Um, I've met Maggie in person. She was a lovely person. She, like, drew a little wolf in my book. Uh, <laughs> and I picked this book up very randomly in, like, a Barnes & Noble in Maryland at a bachelorette party. But um, this book is, for some reason, getting banned. It's one of the banned books, especially in the state of Florida right now. Um, for It's... it's very much a, a YA coming of age. I know this is a monster fucking podcast, but also, like, we we stand for, like, authors and, and good literature, and there's no reason it should be banned. <laughs> like, some of the other stuff we talk about, sure, fine. But this one is just a great book series. Like, if you like Twilight, but you want something a little bit more nuanced and um, better written, I'm not trying to pit authors against each other. It's a great book. I can, like... I can't recommend it more. Um, you will cry. It's amazing. Uh, the first book is Shiver, Wolves of Mercy Falls. That's my plug. Uh, I'm going to have to check it out. It sounds, the premise is really interesting. It's actually, like, like it. it's just so beautiful and wonderful. And all of Maggie's books are, if you're into, like, anything kind of spooky, um, her Raven Boy series is very good. Um, she also has one about um, Kelpies, which are... A Scottish and Irish water horses at a race that people pull the water horses out of the water and then uh, race them and the water horses kill people. It's it's amazing. So like I cannot recommend this author more. Amazing. Mm. The end. <laughs> the end. Um, well, I I also read a book for ahead of this episode. Uh, it's called Wild mm-hmm. by Megan okay. Megan O'Brien, and um, I purposely sought out something to read that was queer. Yeah, um, that had a pro- uh, like um, basically I, I I wanted like a woman on woman relationship, and I wanted one of the women to be a werewolf. So mm-hmm. that is how I found this book, and it's actually fairly interesting. The premise is um, Celine is a werewolf, or she's a shifter, I should say. Um, she can shift into any animal, but during the full moon, she turns into a wolf uh, mm-hmm. beyond her control. And um, one day, she um, wakes up in the middle of the um, Golden Gate Park in San Francisco, where she lives, and happens upon uh, a dead body. Oh. She thinks she did it. So she calls to do a, an anonymous tip to the police, and after she's done making her call, she hears 
a commotion in the woods. And it's another woman about to be killed. <laughs> she turns into a wolf, saves the woman. And basically the rest of the book is um, Celine and Eve, the woman she saves, having a relationship. Well, meanwhile, the assailant, is, who is also the killer of the first body, um, is a serial killer taunting Eve, who is a forensic pathologist. Oh, my goodness. So it's kind of like a murder mystery. There's a stalker, killer, oh. and, and the queer romance. And um, what I thought was, one thing that came up um, that I thought was really interesting, going back to tropes, going mm-hmm. back to the doggy style trope, there is a very, um, so it, it describes a couple having sex multiple times, mm-hmm. um, but there there is a very prominent sex scene between them. Um, that is um, basically it's doggy style and, and with a strap on. Oh, okay. I was wondering how it was doggy style. Okay. Yeah, no. So, which I thought was so fascinating given the trope and that given this is a queer relationship. I love they, that. They, despite the nature of the physicalities of the character, they, the author still wanted to include the doggy style trope. Yes, absolutely. And they made, like, a whole big deal of, like, having it be a really intense moment and, like, using a strap-on to get the job done. Yes! Also, uh, yes. And there was also, like, an element of, like, a uh, dom sub to the whole sexual encounter. Absolutely. Which I was like, fuck yeah. And, um, um, and, um, later on, and earlier on, and then later on, um, Eve, who is the, the woman um, that was being assaulted, uh, uh, Celine, uh, who's the werewolf, addresses Eve as being her mate. Ooh. Yeah, so again, again, we're bringing in the trope of mate, and, um, like, upon meeting, they have this, like, crazy intense connection that makes them basically orgasm at a single touch, which a little unbelievable, but uh, I'll let it slide. But um, yeah, I just thought that was really, I just thought it was really fascinating that those two tropes in particular were brought into this um, this, this book. I Anyways, I won't, I won't reveal the ending, mostly because I haven't gone there yet, but um, for, uh, for, uh, for um, a fun little read with like, um, like a mystery and like queer love and stuff, I would recommend it. You know, it's not the best writing ever, but I will say I enjoyed that it was realistically written, aside from the orgasming at a single touch part. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Should we, um, should we move on to our AO3 It's my favorite part, Jess. Can we? I feel like we should make a little ditty or something for it. Oh, I'll work on that for next time. Like, da 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 a o three. There, I did one. Okay, so I did my AO three search. I gotta be honest, there was a lot of non smutty Remus content. Remus from the Harry Potter series. What is your AO three search criteria? 
Let's talk about that. What are your filters? Okay, so what I do is I literally search in the one word topic. So. You gotta change them to like explicit or something. You gotta get some of the like nasty fan fiction there. Like I do, I, I do. Well, so I, I, so I literally put in werewolf, and like I said, I, I got a lot of these uh, this remix content, mm-hmm. kind of boring, uh, and some other like anime related stuff. Um, and then I found an original fan fiction, oh. which was. Um, very interesting. I'm going to get to it. Um, and then you'd, I was like, you know what? I'm going to search what I really want to read. And what I really want to read is an explicit sex scene between Dracula when he's in his werewolf form mm-hmm. and Lucy in the garden from the Bram, from the Bram Stoker's Dracula movie. Absolutely. That's what... Listen, girlies only want one thing, and that's what it is. You so, know what? You're right. You're right, and you should say it. <laughs> so I made a concerted effort to find something like that. Did and you? I only I I did. <laughs> well, I, I it was there was only one that covered what I wanted. It's not terribly terribly explicit, mm. but I will say. For a fun little short one shot that did get me a little heated, it did the job. It did okay. the job. So okay. it's, it's, I'm going to read a little bit from that. It's called Incubus mm. from Darth Kukamis. Mm. Um, uh, let's see, what's a good uh, point to start? Okay, are you ready? Yeah. Oh, well, I'm, I'm always ready. <laughs> Strong arms. Sink claws into her hips, nagging delicate material, tearing at it with a violent passion that she's only caught in glimpses, buried deep in the eyes of her suitors as they look upon her, and in the eyes that watch her now. Except this gaze isn't guarded. It's demanding and ravenous. Pain blooms as she is dragged bodily over the damp, rough stone surface, meeting a misshapen figure made of skin and hair and brutish masculature. The blood-heavy seat of her femininity mashes brazenly against an unyielding abdomen, and her center clenches tight. She whimpers for the small relief it gives, and how badly it yet aches between her legs. Her hands are not her own, weakly grasping at him, afraid to look, but needing to feel. Um... So that's just a little case. Mm. Again, it's not as explicit as I would like it to be. It's very, it's nicely written though. Nicely written. Okay. But the, the real thing I wanted to <laughs> read is, um, is this um, original work. Oh, please do. I'm ready. And this original work is very explicit. I sent Sarah a screenshot last night being like, I can't believe this is my research. <laughs> um, it's called Werewolf by Bubble Bitch, bitch spelled B-T-C-H. Mm. And I just want to read some of the tags first. Uh, human slash monster, werewolf slash hunter, uh, anal sex, anal, nodding, not. Anal, werewolf, hunting, rimming, coming inside, mm-hmm. anal gaping, 
So werewolf refers to the guy as a bitch a lot, <laughs> but not in a derogatory way. <laughs> um, so the, <laughs> the description is, a monster finds a hunter all alone and decides that this bitch needs a good fucking. So let's read about the good fucking, shall we? Uh, please, I'm, I am uh, so ready. <laughs> the hunter's little hole winks at him from where it was forcing it into the cold air. He, I'm long- sorry, right off the bat, he just said his asshole winked. Okay. I'm here. I'm here. I just I wanted to clarify for like a second. Where I'm sorry, Sarah, does your asshole not wink at mine does? My asshole's <laughs> winking at everybody, Jess. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> okay, here we go. Um it's large cloth thumbs digging into the delicate flesh to make it spread even wider. Mm. It was obviously untouched and virginal. It's light pink color indicating that it would need to be helped along to become a red hot heat woolen hole that could take its cost. I don't think that's how color on the asshole works, but let's continue. <laughs> color, the asshole color theory of... I don't think that's how that works on the asshole, but okay, yeah, 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 let's go. Um... Let's put another excerpt. Okay. So the hunter's name is Chris. Chris felt hope when he felt the tongue that was steering him open the trees, and it only glowed brighter when the giant hand that had been spreading his ass wide released him. When the body of the creature left him entirely, he was sure that it had gone bored of him, and he would be able to escape back to his truck and drive out of there with only a horror story to tell. Wrong. The only evidence of his plight being some torn clothes and a limp but then a giant hand landed on his outstretched arms, keeping them pinned down while another hooked under his hip and pulled him to his knees. Soon Chris was face down, ass up, his chin pressed to the forest floor as he stared in horror at the giant furry hand with inch-long claws holding his arms out in front of him. Let's keep going. All I can think of is like... <laughs> Face down, ass up. That's the way I like to wear. Well, fuck. Like, <laughs> that's the latest. That's the that's the theme of this episode. I think. Yeah, that's the remix. Yeah, <laughs> the remix. Um, again. Uh, so, referring back to the tag, the werewolf thinks of the the hunter as his little bitch quite a lot. Going back to the uh, alpha omega thing. Uh, let's keep reading, shall we? Yeah. The creature decided to give its bitch what it wanted and leaned back enough to slide its cock to its bitch's cheek before gripping it, throbbing cock with its hand and pressing the head to the little prep hole. Its cock tips caught on the swollen rim and with a grip on its bitch's waist, its hands nearly wrapping around their waist, they held the wiggly little virgin steady as they pressed in. The hot clamping of the bitches inside nearly too tight for the creature to withstand, but they were a good alpha and fed their bitch half their cock before stopping and letting the mewling human adjust to their size. <laughs> okay, you didn't send um, me this, though. <laughs> um. <laughs> and, um... I think, I think a mewling is like a... I feel like, like, mewling is such a, like, a, a specific, like, uh, 
subdom werewolf kind of yeah like yeah like i don't even know what the sound would be for mewling but like when when you read it you're like i know what that is i know what it is i've never made that sound but i know what it is like exactly yeah and but that's, that's the reason i also want to read this one in particular because although it was an original work it did have a lot of the elements of like werewolf spot specifically um, yes, absolutely. At the very end, there's um, I'm just gonna read one of the the paragraphs of the ending. Please. Um, this is after he gets the knock out of the guy's asshole. Um, Hold on, I have a question. This is I don't know if you know the yeah, answer to this question. So a yeah. lot of times with nodding, this is the episode, guys. I'm sorry. Um, so. <laughs> Sometimes they they have like a moment where like not a moment but like a period of time where they're like locked in embraced, right? Yep. I hope my job never finds out that I do this. And then sometimes it's like a like if it's like really a beastie, it's like a rip away kind of moment, like f you kind of thing. It's yeah. just like a tender like what's the the locking kind of um relationship. <laughs> So in this one, they're so locked together that the werewolf basically drags the man, like, with his penis locked inside his Mm -hmm. asshole to, like, a fence. I don't like that. Where they can, like, where he can, like, pry himself out of him. I don't like that. I like the cuddling. I don't like the, I don't like the words pry themselves out of them. I respect it. Art is art or whatever this is, but like, okay. Okay. And, um, yes. Um, I'm it's not my kink, but it can be yours. This is not a kink yeah, shaming podcast. We are not, we are not kink shaming. And this is the last paragraph. It's not the last paragraph. It's like the first to last, but, yeah. um, the creature carefully picks the bitch up with its clawed hands and carefully opened the door to the metal den. It laid the very well-fucked bitch into the wide cloth bench and gave it one last pleased look. The bitch's red, gaped ass was still mm. pouring out cum, which would surely make the den smell like sex and make the bitch aroused often. The bitch would come back soon to get bread again. It, like, takes him back to his den, but I think, to be honest, that the hunter ends up dying. <laughs> I feel like that's a lot of uh, it's a lot of words of bitch, but I get it in the context, but also uh, okay. And no, he goes like limp at one point. We're, we're unsure of his um, capacity at that. Anyways, um, <laughs> we're there, guys. Ever there? Sorry, that's you knew what you were getting into. It's a monster fucking podcast. It's a monster fucking podcast. What do you want? Um, and so that's our AO3. I feel like every time we get a little spicier, spicier. That was, um, that was so much spice. Uh, I appreciate yeah. it. It was amazing. Um, <laughs> so I guess we're going to talk about media werewolves. Like, yeah, do you want to do yours first? Well, I want to open with the fact that my friend Julia sent me a message and said, Please talk about how shook I am that Michael Sheen, a.k.a. Aziraphale from Good Omens, is the werewolf from Underworld. And, <laughs> and I, I assured her, yes, we will. 
So, Julia, this one's for you. (laughs) This list is for you because there are so many people in popular culture that have played werewolves, and we're going to get into all of it. (laughs) Let's talk about Underworld. Should we go straight to Underworld? Well, we gotta. Okay. Julia. Uh, So his name was Michael Corvin. Uh, He was in so many of the Underworld movies, like the... The prequels, which were also sequels and stuff. Yeah, he had his own. And I'm going to say something. I don't necessarily... Okay. So Michael Sheen was married to Kate... What's her name? That was the the vampire? Beckinsale? They were married. They have like what? a child. Um, I did not know this. Yeah, they definitely were. At some, I don't know when... In the underworld, like, films, they were married or not married. But they were. And that is what, number one, wild to me. And number two, (laughs) the fact that, like, he is such a chameleon. Because I look at him in those movies, especially, like, the werewolf ones. And I'm like, that's a sexual creature. And then later I'm like, who is this? Is this a vampire that's giggling at me in Twilight? Is this an angel that owns a bookshop? I don't know what's happening. Like, it confuses my little, like, <laughs> animal brain when too many things happen. But, um, yeah, he's a sexy werewolf, and um, that's that. <laughs> Listen, I was so here for that. Like, so in the first movie, um, I forget what the love interest is with Celine, like, what his name was. He was like another Corbin. It was Scott was Speedman. Like- Listen, it was from Felicity. Again, teen drama in my era from Dawson's Creek. <laughs> it was Scott Speedman. He played a very sexy person that Felicity followed to college, okay? People will know this. And he was very sexy, okay? The end. Anyway. Okay, but for me, for me, <laughs> Michael Sheehan out sexied him. Mm, debatable, but I'll allow it. <laughs> um, but I just want to, while we're talking about him, aside from the sexiness, I will say his character, again, following the trope, like, in when he got his own movie about, like, the prequel movie, his whole thing was that he fell in love with a vampire, yeah. and he, he, like, he went all crazy because they, spoiler alert, they killed her for, like, being in love with a, a werewolf. So, there was, like, a big, like, loyalty thing. It's a whole thing. Again, that's, that's the big thing with werewolves. Loyalty. And he went on a vengeful vendetta. And you know what? I don't blame him. I don't blame him either. They fucking roasted his lady. <laughs> so, anyways, that's that. <laughs> no, I loved it. Um, yeah. So let's talk about some others that are on this list. Um, we have um, Alcide Hervo. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Tell um, me how you really feel, though. Yeah, yeah. Oh, um, <laughs> now I can do it. Um, I mean, uh, what's his name? Joe Man- Manzliano? Manzliano? Yeah. yeah. So he's lovely. He's very lovely. But I... I don't know. I fell in love with the character before 
it was live action. The books, the books are so much better than the TV they show, are. which I like. I know Please everybody says that. Whatever, fine. But I think ugh, on a rant, we really were deprived of Eric Northman's like, uh, oh. like losing his mind for a whole season, yeah. and um, Alcide is like a gem. And we were deprived of that as well. And I stand yeah. by that. I'll see character is... That's a heavy hitter for mm-hmm. a werewolf for me. Like, he... I mean, I think technically in that world, they're, they're shifters. They're wolf shifters. Agreed. Uh, uh, he's wonderful. Um, we've already touched on Dracula as a werewolf. Yes, we did. But also... And I know we've said it in, in prior episodes, but, like... Please. <laughs> yes. A hundred percent, yes. Because of the lack of, like, because of the lack of uh, fan fiction about that scene in, like, an explicit sense, I feel like I have to write it now. I think you have to. I'll do it. I will take one for the team. Please do it. I will read it after you write it. There will be nodding involved. (laughs) Okay. Um... (laughs) So, we have on this list, you, you put Professor Lupin. Yeah, did I mix up characters? No, no, I mean, yeah. Professor no. Professor Lupin is like, we had, when we get to, like, uh, listener comments later, we had a lot of Professor Lupins. Yeah, a lot of Lupin, but um, when I was doing the AO3 searches, it was like Remus and Lupin relationship werewolf stuff. But very tame. There's a lot of, like, marauder stuff with Lupin. Yes, a lot of marauder stuff. Um, Lupin, you know what? He could get it. Yeah. He could get it. We hate JKR, but he could get it. Yeah. No, we, uh, fucked her in the top story. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Lupin could get it. Okay, so you have a few more. <laughs> so, okay, so you have a few more. Um, I wanted to mention um, the werewolf from Penny Dreadful. Um, what's his darn name? Um, um, oh, played by that very handsome actor. Goodness gracious. What's his darn freaking you, name? You wrote down what's his face and it's sending me. <laughs> Wait, okay, hold on. Um, it's an actor you all know. Josh Hartnett? Is that the werewolf? Yes, yes. Yes, Josh okay. Hartnett. He plays Ethan Chandler. Ethan Chandler. And basically, um, if you guys haven't watched Penny Dreadful, I highly recommend. They cover a lot um, a lot of the classic monsters. So, Dracula, werewolves, um, uh, Frankenstein's monster. It was a stuff. wonderful show that should not have been canceled. Agreed. Agreed. And there's some beautiful monologues, by the way. Agreed. Um, anyway, um, Josh Harnett's character essentially plays an American werewolf in London, mm. which I find fascinating. But um, lovely character. Also, I wanted to do a shout-out. I mean, it's not Avatar, but I'm going to just mention it. <laughs> it's, it's the Sarah J. Mass universe. So technically, it's tangential to Avatar. He's our Avatar plug of the week. <laughs> but really, from Crescent City, which is another series by Sarah J. Mass. Um, there is a path of werewolves. They're, they're, um, shifters that shift into wolves. And they're pretty fucking badass. 
And if you read the first book, you'll fall in love with them. Um, and then you're, um, and then you'll be sad and I won't mention why. Thank but you. I haven't gotten that far. Don't, don't spoil. Exactly. That's all I'm saying. And I just want to say, um, that that is, uh, it's one of my favorites of J. Mass books. And it's, uh, the world building is complicated, but, um, I recommend. Okay. Anyways. Yeah. Um, I also want to do a shout out. If you've seen the 10th kingdom, have you? I haven't, but I, I keep meaning to. That's with, um. Um, oh God, I can't remember her name. I just want to call her Brad Paisley's wife, and that's not fair. Kimberly Williams. Yes. Yeah. Who's Kimberly Williams, Williams Paisley now? Because she's Brad Paisley's wife. Got it. Yeah. But we don't define people uh, by their husbands. But yes. <laughs> no, we do not. Um, it's a wonderful. It's a mini series, and it has to do a lot with like fantasy worlds. Anyways, the big bad wolf um, is the love interest. Ooh. Yes. Yes. And so he's, um, there's like a forced proximity uh, trope element. And um, he's a, a wolf and he goes feral a couple of times. Ooh, we love that. And we love that. Even a scene where he's like, do you want to pet my tail? <gasps> and then she puts it, oh yeah, and she pets his tail and she pets it the wrong direction. He's like, ooh, stop it. <laughs> anyways. <laughs> anyways, we love to see it. I love it. Um, So I also added, uh, just so we don't alienate anybody, uh, the Twilight Werewolves, uh, if you were Team Jacob, Jacob, um, I wasn't, but... I was not! I I wasn't, but you know what? If you were, totally fine. You made the wrong choice, but we also support Mm -hmm. you. Hooray. Um, (laughs) I wrote down... um, Teen Wolf, but not the TV show, which I'm sure uh, people are, like, more familiar with. I know the Michael J. Scott one, which is not necessarily, like, I, I, I'm, i like, gonna fuck that one. But it, it's, like, it's, like, a good part of culture, right? You know, like, that one. Because uh, I feel like Teen Wolf with MTV and stuff was, like, a whole other thing that I... Don't have the spoon stick it into that lore. But like Ben yeah. J. Scott in the eighties, Scott Howard, great. You did a great job. You were you were great. Um <laughs> I wrote down Vivian in Blood and Chocolate, which was the heroine in that bad movie. She was great. She was a good time. Um the air quote alpha, very attractive. I need to read that book. I need to get on that book. Um, but they were great. Um, uh, Dark Shadows, the remake with Johnny Depp, uh, controversial. Oh, yeah. But uh, Carolyn in that movie, great werewolf. Um, Red from Once Upon a Time. Oh. Little Red Riding Hood, again, reference. Uh, very sexy wolf. We love her. Um, being human, um, I'm specifically referencing the BBC version with Russell, Russell Tovey, uh, playing George Sands, um, great werewolf, we love him. Um, recently, Werewolf by Night that came out by Marvel, did you watch that one by chance, Jess? No. Oh, um, it's Gil, uh, Garcia Bernal, um, is... Uh, the spoiler, spoiler, werewolf, <laughs> but it's not the monster of the show, which is great. Um, oh. I know I plugged this before, but that time I got drunk and needed a love potion and a werewolf. 
I plugged it on the tentacle episode, but it's also a werewolf did episode. You describe, did you describe the werewolf element to it? Um, I mean, any? it's literally about a werewolf. There's just like a random tentacle sex scene in it. Um, but it's like, it's a very um, fluffy and lovely, but also smutty. Um, mm-hmm. And then let's talk about some like proper werewolf book smut. And I forgot mm-hmm. about these, and then I went looking for them. So it's the Phoenix Pack series by uh, Suzanne Wright. And I have read all of them and the, a lot of their offshoot books. They are very, um, I don't want to say cookie cutter because that's not the right thing, but they're very similar like the Ice Blend of Barbarians and that you like kind of know what you're getting, but it's a little bit different each time. Um, oh. But the first one is Feral Sense. And um, I love Taryn, the, the heroine who is a werewolf or shifter. Um, she curses like a pirate. Um, they, the werewolves take every single hole that's part of the claiming process, all of the holes, and they make a deal out of it. They're like, and I'm going to take your ass, and I will take your mouth. And you're like, okay, that's... That's a thing that's happening. Um, that's a-okay with me. <laughs> but they're they're kind of those books that are, like, wonderful smut, but also, like, brain candy. Like, you know what you're getting. You don't have to think too hard about it. It's still, like, a little bit smutty. and f- It is smutty. And fun, but it's there's never, like, too big of a leap that throws you off. Um mm. And I like it because there's not too much of a breeding kink involved. Like, there's some children, but it's not a huge um, spotlight in the books, which I really appreciate as a person that, like, doesn't have kids and doesn't want kids. So I I love these things that still have, like, a breeding kink without children at the end. Yeah. I think that's important to have that, like, diversity in that kink, especially. Yeah, absolutely. Um... Any anyone else from media for you, Jess? Um, I was just thinking about that, like two thousand and one, Amanda Seyfried Red Riding Hood movie. <gasps> oh yes, yes. So we missed that on our list with um with um, um Daddy Daddy from uh, Twilight. Is he in it? Yes, I think he's he a daddy in it. Yeah. Oh my gosh, daddy, daddy. Um, yes, and with um the love interest. Shiloh Fernandez and Max Irons. Max Irons was a big one for the 2011. Okay. Um, but um, that was a bit saucy. Okay. Yeah. I wish uh, I wish there was more Red Riding Hood content, to be honest. I'm into it. I do as well. I think it's like a very... Oh, oh well, we've got some coming. Uh, but um, if, have you seen the horror movie Trick or Treat? You know what? I haven't. <gasps> Number one, it's one of my f- and and I'm I've done this thing the past couple of years where I'm like getting very into horror movies, and mm. I'm trying to like just really enjoy the genre. Genre, and Trick or Treat is a gem, and there are werewolves in it. Oh, ooh. and there is a specific Little Red Riding Hood. I don't want to say callback maybe to it and there are wonderful werewolves in that movie so 
trick or treat if you haven't seen it i'm so excited for a sequel they just announced it's it's not an a recent one like it's several maybe 10 years old um it's great it's one of my all-time favorite like halloween horror movies i love it okay i'm gonna watch it next I promise. you should you should um, um and i think we should um do an honorable mention we haven't consumed this yet we talked about it for the vampire episode but we're excited about that um what's her name hazel um <gasps> Allie Hazelwood. Yeah, that's Hazelwood. She has a uh, book coming out. Um, uh, yes. Br- uh, Bride by Allie Hazelwood. Yeah, vampires yeah. and werewolves. Yeah, that were and and um, I will. I gotta specifically mention that the that Allie Hazelwood on her official Instagram page when she was promoing her new book, it the. The, one of the emojis she used was a not emoji. Yep. So if the, if you don't know where that stands, then uh, you know you well you know what you're gonna get. I think. Um, and she was a she is and was a wonderful fan fiction writer, and yeah. I'm so glad that she's gone mainstream because it was. Her fan fiction was so good. Like, if you were in fan fiction at all, you know her. And her books are amazing. And I am so excited for this. She had, this is off topic, but she had, like, a standalone fan fiction with, like, a nodding scene. But it was the Harry, uh, when Harry met Sally scene. But it had... (laughs) It had, like, them going to the bathroom for, like, a nodding thing. Oh, my God. It was the hot... Oh, my God. It was so good. You're going to have to link me. I don't think it exists yet. anymore. Oh! Oh, my God. It was... Into, like, published stuff. I, I feel like it awakened something in me. It was... It was really good. It was really good. <laughs> um, anyway, The Bride comes out, if you're wondering, February 6th. 2024. I so, wish it came out in October, and the fact that I have to wait till February is a crime. It's uh, fine. There's a lot of good um, nodding hentai out there. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> okay. Um. So, so we put out some questions to our listeners, and we got so many responses. So, yeah. number one. Uh, welcome if you're a new listener. I know we have a, a lot of new listeners. We're so happy to have you. Um, thank you so much if you gave feedback. Um, so, so Jess, do you want to like read through them? Yeah, so we basically just asked like what are some memorable werewolves from media um, for you. Um, we got um, the werewolves from Van Helsing. Sexy. We love them. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Oz from Buffy. Uh, everybody loves Seth Green, and they do. And and you know Buffy has its own problematic stuff, but like, Ooh, yeah, Seth Green is is uh, a treasure. <laughs> uh, we got the trick or treat werewolf. Oh, they're very sexy. Uh, Ginger Snap. Yes, yes. Uh, I'll see from True Blood. Luke from Mortal Instruments. Now, are you familiar with this character? 
I have seen the movie, which is not great. I, I don't think it's like a good representation, but I have not read the books. Have you? No. Okay. Um, we've got Klaus from um, Vampire Diaries and Originals. I didn't know he was a werewolf. I didn't either. I thought he was a vampire. I thought he was a vampire, too. I think he's both, maybe. Oh, maybe he's like, a, like a, a Dracula kind of thing. Maybe. Somebody correct us on this. Yeah. Um, uh, Remus Lupin. Full stop. Fuck J.K. Rowling. But that's my man. Yeah, fair that enough. Fair enough. Yep. Um, uh, this is specifically, um, Shifter, um, the um, princess from Bonded by Thorns, the Shifters, is the one we got. You know, that's actually a series I've been meaning to watch. It's on, or read, it's on my reading list, Bonded by Thorns. You better read it. I hear it's good. Yeah. Uh, another Alcide from True Blood. Um, and Michael from Underworld. Mm-hmm. So we love that. Uh, so we have many other horny... This is the most responses we've gotten, guys. So you guys are horny for werewolves just like us. And... Really? Wonderful. Don't, don't turn off your listening because we start talking about nodding because clearly you're here for a reason. <laughs> you're here. And if you're if you're reading or uh, watching, you guys know what's up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. Well, this is good. Well, thank you so much for listening, guys. Jessica, where yeah, can they find us? You can find us on Spotify, iTunes Music, and a few others. Uh, we've got a link tree in our Instagram bio. Mm-hmm. Um, our Instagram is um, Hissin and Kissin Podcast. Um, we post a lot on there. That's also where we take audience feedback and we do our little like polls on our story. Um, so, so check us out there if you're not already. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, um, do we want to allude to our next episode? Oh, goodness. What? What is did our next episode? Oh, what did we decide? <laughs> well, we've got another one coming, that's for sure. Yeah, we haven't decided on the next one, but it will be out in two weeks from today, and we will yeah. discover it. And we have some really exciting things planned for like a spooky October for you guys. Um, yeah, yeah. So and I promise we will be covering the Omegaverse. Yeah, it's, it's properly. It's going to happen. Yeah. It will happen. Yeah. Um, because I don't even know the ins and outs. Jess knows nothing and it's going to be amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going to get Sarah to recommend me the filthiest fucking Omegaverse smut ever. And, and I have I'll it. I'll do live reaction. And I have it. Um, <laughs> uh, as always, uh, thank you guys for listening. Um, thank you, thank you. And uh, stay horny, monster fuckers. Yeah, I'll <laughs>